When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, Chelsea fans, and welcome to our latest uh, Blue is the Colour podcast. Ollie Harbord and Kevin Byrne with me, as usual. Hello, lads. How are you? Afternoon, very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How's it going? Yeah, all good. Um, Let's get cracking straight away and and, um, look back at yesterday's massive win for Chelsea. Uh, Four games left. Obviously, Spurs went and beat Arsenal. Arsenal, you know, about as reliable as a chocolate teapot in that (laughs) In that second game, trying to do a favour for Chelsea. Um, Beautiful, but ultimately useless. Yeah, exactly. Um, but let's not, you know, let's not, you know, focus on that too much because ultimately Chelsea have overcome arguably the most kind of significant hurdle they had left in their fixture list. I would say. Yeah, it definitely was. I think if you if you just look at the celebrations afterwards, the there was a real. Uh, pumped up feeling that I don't think we've probably seen since the Stoke game um, just how important a win it really was um, you know they were going to Goodison Park where the, you know they hadn't kept a clean sheet in 11 games um, Everton had won 8 games on the bounce at home and it was one of those who thought that Spurs fans especially would have thought well this is a chance that we could actually make up the ground and even get to yeah. one point behind them and it just didn't happen and Chelsea just, others, you know Everton didn't really turn up I don't think in, in in the way they have done in recent weeks, um, but Chelsea just showed another good professional performance. Again, some cracking goals from Pedro and and the goal from uh, from Willian, some great play from Fabregas. Yeah, and it was really a fantastic result. And I think the clean sheet was was a big factor in that. It was great. Do you think of the, the celebrations afterwards with with Conte going over to the fans, all the players celebrating with them after the game? Do you think that summed up how much that that victory meant to them? Yeah, they would have they would have looked at the schedule themselves, seeing who's left to play. Really, West Brom away is the only kind of tough one. Because, and they're on a downward well, spiral. I mean, yeah, West Brom away they've they've lost four four games in a row. They haven't scored in five, so yeah, they're yeah. really on their summer holidays. I mean, they've got Harrods and Canu starting up front these days. Mm. You know, they're it's very pulisy, isn't it? Once they hit the forty points, they yep. shut off. Yeah, so. Yeah, I think they know that, for all intents and purposes, the league is wrapped up. They have four-point advantage with four games left. They're going to have to drop points at home to to give Spurs any chance, and that's not really going to happen. No, especially if you look at who they've got. I mean, coming up you know, next week, Middlesbrough at home, then they go to West Brom on the Friday, and, it's the, and then Watford at home, and then... It's Sunderland at home the last game of the season. They're already down, and Middlesbrough could already be down by the time the game comes around on Monday, depending on the whole game. So, yeah, I just I can't see them dropping any points really from now until the end of the season. Maybe maybe West Brom could eke out a draw. You might see the, something like that. That was that, the fixture last season when Chelsea yeah. wrapped it up. Obviously, that they they let their foot really off the pedal. Yeah, um, but I just I sorry, just don't not last season, season, season before. before yeah, uh, I just don't. We don't, we I just don't, don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about last season, apart from Leicester fans. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't see it happening. I just can't see see where they're going to drop the points. To be honest, they're playing teams that are either going to be down or nothing to play for, and uh, I just don't see them taking their foot off the pedal. Do you think? 
ahead of the FA Cup final as well. Obviously, that's kind of been put to the to the back of Conte's mind. We we last podcast I believe was prior to that, so mm. we can you know touch on that in a little bit as well. Um, but do you think he's determined to wrap this up as quickly as possible to then give some game time to Nathan Ake, who we'll come on to in in, in a bit, and some of the other fringe players, and maybe give some of the senior members of the team a bit you know a bit of a rest a bit of a freshen up ahead of that yeah, big game away, away maybe away. but it, it sort of goes in two ways doesn't it because you you sort of don't want to just give players rest and not have them play for a few weeks I mean yeah. that's the thing isn't it I, if, you can, if you can wrap it, momentum absolutely I think if you can wrap it up um, you know if, if they can and, and he can maybe rest players they've got the game on the Friday at West Brom and then they've got the game on the Monday, that could be an opportunity to maybe rest a few on that game against Watford at home and then go into the last game of the season, play his full team, play his best team so that they're ready to go in for the week after because it's, you know, it's a week later, they don't need much rest in between, especially against the Sunderland team that you'd expect that they'd run right against at Stamford Bridge. So, yeah, I, I think that Conte's the sort of guy that will... Um, he doesn't want to ease off at all, even when they wrap it up. He'll want his players to be playing at the highest possible level that they can so that they go into the FA Cup final with as much momentum, as you say, as possible. Yeah, there's kind of a, a similar line of thinking in American football where you come to the end of the regular season, teams will have secured a playoff spot and they might rest players for, for the final two games, but you quite often will see they'll do that and then they'll lose all their momentum. Yeah. They'll suddenly they won't play together for three weeks and then they'll come back and the spark's just not there anymore. Mm. Everything's just slightly off. And I think Conte is not someone who's who's willing to take his foot off the pedal like that. And I think the the starters in that team know that they're not safe. You've got players like Fabregas, William, Ake all wanting to get into that team. So I don't think that any of the, the starting eleven can get complacent and say oh, we've won the league, I can, I can ease off here. Because Conte's not going to let them, and if they do ease off, they're going to be dropped because there is quality to replace them. Just on Fabregas, that build-up for the Willian goal, absolutely brilliant. Comes on, has, an, has a positive contribution straight away. I mean, I, I look around the rest of the Premier League and I, I, I see probably... 18 teams in that division that would, would have him starting in their midfield to be quite honest with you um, what, what, happens to, what happens to him now what happens to him this summer do you think he'll stay do you think he'll want to go because he, he knows that he can command a first team place I think elsewhere he, you know what is he 29 now yeah. Um, yeah. I think he wants to be playing regular as, as he can now play regular first team football and he definitely can do as you say anywhere probably in the Premier League at the moment or abroad I mean you know I'd I, I can really see him going to Italy, somewhere like that. I, I really can, and I think that he'd, he'd thrive there. Um, I just think that while he's, he's still at an age where he can be playing regular first-team football, and he's obviously got the skills, he's got the quality, and he doesn't want to be getting to 32, 33, when he probably will be on the bench that little bit more, and realise that he's been on the bench for the last three or four years, even if it is at Chelsea. You know, I think that he, as far as he's concerned, he'll want to be playing at the highest level on a regular basis and not having to be and you know if they bring in the likes of Bakayoko and whatever in the, in, the, in the summer his position's even more under threat Do you think he might be inclined to make the move to another Premier League team Kev if, if the offer came in this summer? It's kind of hard to see where he would go um, I'm not sure if Chelsea would want to sell him to 
someone like Manchester United or or even back to Arsenal. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if that would happen. You know, he he definitely has the skill and the ability to play. It's just whether or not his body is willing to go through with it anymore. Because you've seen it over the last few seasons when he does play regularly. He starts off the season brilliantly, but as the years, the months go on, his body starts to give up a bit. Because you've got to remember, he's been playing first team since he was 16 years old. Mm. So he's 29, but really his football age is much older. Yep. I know you, you hear that quite often. Arsene Wenger used to talk about it a lot with Thomas Rzyski, who was... 35, but he said he, he was, his football age was 31 because he played so little because of injuries. I think Fabregas is the other side. Same with Wayne Rooney. See these players come through at 16 years old, and by the time they're 30, they're knackered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think Chelsea Do can think use him anymore. Do you think going to an Italian team then, like a Milan, have obviously been linked quite a lot. Do you think that would probably suit? I'm, I think it would suit him for his style but also maybe the pace of the game as well yeah maybe you, you saw Pirlo did very well in Serie A at, at a late age maybe he can do something like that it's it's hard to tell until he's in the actual situation but I do think he's he's definitely got the quality yeah. mm. and he can definitely help out a team like Milan who who are looking to kind of reinvigorate themselves and if they can get even just you know him not playing week in week out but if they can get him playing to the standard that he's at for Chelsea just playing a little bit more regularly then he can really help a team like Milan so with their new owners as well you've got to think that they're going to spend yeah, big over and they yeah. can throw some cash and he might be a sort of player you know a very established well known player to that, build that new project exactly yeah, yeah. I, really, I could really see that happening over and, and he's won in Spain he's won in England now with yeah. Chelsea uh, new challenge for him. New challenge, Italy. It's, yep. I, I can't see him going to France. I don't think it, it makes sense for him. He doesn't seem like someone who's interested in going to MLS or China yet. Because he is still... He's 29. So he does... You would think that he would have more more years left in him. I do think he's fading faster than the average player because of how long he's been around. But he can still sell himself by saying, I'm, only, I'm still in my 20s. I think, the, I think the, the type of footballer he is as well. I mean, he's kind of played. He was Arsenal. He was kind of almost playmaker slash box to box midfielder slash yeah. everything at times in that Arsenal midfield. At, at Chelsea now, he, he's kind of between a Matic and a, a Hazard, I guess, in that he's not playing necessarily a playmaker role. Although, as Conte showed recently, he played him on the right right wing um, and played him very close to the striker against Palace and mm. well, obviously he got, he got the goal in that game yeah so. there, was, there was the two the two versions of that formation that sort of worked and didn't I mean against Palace I know he got the goal early on but he wasn't in the game as much as he'd like because he was quite easily man marked yeah. um, but against Southampton he had the freedom in a similar role to just whenever he got on the ball he just could make things happen and he, and he did so often um, he's still got that unbelievable ability to to do it, and uh, you know he's the top assist for Chelsea this season. And he's just yeah, I, I, there's still an important role, and it'd be nice to see Chelsea do keep hold of him. I just think for his own personal ambitions, I think he'd like to play more regular first team football. And I, I do, I do think similar to Pirlo, I think because of the skill set that he has as a midfielder, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he eventually moved into more of a kind of number six role, if you like, of 
quarterback role just in front of the defence and picking up the ball and spraying spraying it around the pitch. I think that would you know suit him and probably would allow him to counter this idea that he may struggle into the latter years of his career. Yeah, I, th- I think anyone who signs him needs to keep in mind that they're they're going to need to compensate for some of his shortcomings. I don't think he can be the main man anymore. Uh, he benefits hugely from being in a team with Hazard, who will get most of the attention. Um, maybe he could start to, to pull back a bit more, play a bit deeper. You know, he... He has in the past been able to do that. When he was at Arsenal, he was asked to do everything. And he's able to do it all quite well. It's just whether or not he can do that to the level high enough to be the top guy again. I'm not sure that he can. Another fringe player that got got some game time um, yesterday after really impressive performance at Wembley a week previously, Nathan Ake. Mm. Um, Piece has just gone on football.london website uh, this afternoon about how he's still in contention for a Premier League um, uh, title winner's medal. Do you think Conte will look to, again, I I guess that was part of the question I asked earlier about resting certain players and bringing certain players through. Do you think he'll come into his thinking for the final few games? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think he'll stick to his starting three. I think that Aki's worked himself into a position where he's one of the chosen to come on to be a substitute. Um, you know, I think that he's... I was just going to say, do you think his versatility might almost stand him in slightly better stead than Kurt Zuma in some respects? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, yeah, I think he's, he's, he's a natural centre-back and he can also play on that left wing-back role as well, which is obviously a, a position that's a very handy thing to, for Conte to have up his sleeve. Um, you know, he's, he's just looking really confident. I think, you know, the, the Bournemouth loan obviously did him a world of good for his development. And he's coming now and, and it, was a, it was a surprise for him to start in the FA Cup game. But it seemed that Conte has this idea that if sort of Aspilicueta isn't playing, then Zuma plays in that right of the three. If uh, David Luiz isn't playing, then John Terry generally goes in there. And, uh, and Nathan Ake for Gary Cahill. So... It's sort of it was a, maybe a bit odd that that Ake did come on at the weekend because you know he did sort of come on for Louise and he filled into that central midfield uh, sorry central defence role and obviously showed that Conte has a lot of faith in him and I think that from the comments after the game you know saying that he looked like a veteran um, was quite a pleasing thing to hear and and it obviously shows that he does have some faith in him and I think it's just good for the future I think that now. I don't think he'll go out on loan again. Um, you know, if he's still at Chelsea next season, I think he'll be part of the first team squad, and he'll he'll be one of those that that be pushing for a place. And it would be nice because he needs he needs to play in all four games to get a Premier League medal now until the end of the season. It would be uh, nice for him to sort of have that achievement after his performances for Bournemouth as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and just just a word, Kev, on on the the clean sheet yesterday. First one. Am I right in thinking since since January? I believe since, uh, for eleven games, eleven Premier League games yeah. in the league, which is. Remarkable, really, when you consider that they and Spurs have defensive well in both areas of the team, but defensively certainly have been so far ahead of the rest that it's a bit of a bizarre quirk almost that Chelsea should just ship goals continuously. I think that almost as as brilliant as it was, how ruthless and clinical and efficient they were from an attacking perspective. I think Conte will take equal kind of delight out of the fact that they were able to keep that clean sheet yesterday. Yeah, definitely. So. There was 11 games of their clean sheet, so that 
means that they had 13 clean sheets in the first 22 games and then went 11 games without one. That's quite a large difference. Yeah. So I think it's it's good for them to just kind of mentally get that behind them because if you leave that any longer, it'll start to eat at you a bit. Once it gets past 10, it really, really starts to play in your mind, I think. And it just means that they have one less thing to worry about going forward and going into the FA Cup final, which is where most of their focus is going to be. And I just want to say about Ake, about him playing, him getting a bit of game time in these last four games, I would be shocked if he doesn't play in all four, mm. just for a morale perspective for Kante. Kante seems to not really know what to do with Ake yet, but seems to quite like him, wants to make him happy. I think he's probably acutely aware of the fact that he is that many games away from it as well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And it just seems like a weird thing to have pulled him back from Lone and Bournemouth and not used him until about a week ago but he seems to like him I'd be surprised he seems to have plans for him next season I'd be surprised if he doesn't get him his medal this year Mm. I can actually see as well um, going back to the clean sheets I can actually see Chelsea not conceding another goal now until the end of the season I just don't I just think that the games they've got coming up you know as we said about West Brom they haven't scored in five games now Uh, Middlesbrough you know, at Stamford Bridge, I can see that being a bit of a shutout as well. Watford, you know, I've seen Watford play a bit over the, over the year and, and <laughs> they can be very hot and cold. They can come out absolutely firing, but I just can't see that happening really. They're safe and, you know, it'll be the penultimate game of the season. Well, it's it's at Stamford Bridge as well. Yeah, at Stamford yeah. Bridge. And then, you know, Sunderland as well that are down and it could be a, one of those games where it could be a riot for, for Chelsea. And I can really see now getting that clean sheet against, you know, the likes of Everton who had been on such a good run at home and obviously with Lukaku as well the, the league's top scorer to get a clean sheet against him and them I think was a massive boost for them and I just can't I'd, I'd be surprised if they leaked well any more than one goal anyway for the rest of the season Just just on Lukaku um, obviously there was a lot of focus on his his performance individually yesterday what did you think? Do you think, do you think that was the performance of a striker who's commanding you know, possibly a record fee. Some reports, our colleagues at Liverpool Echo have reported mm. that they could seek as much as a hundred million pounds. Just from think, hundred million. I mean, he's obviously doing great. Million a world record, Sterling. a world record fee for for a player that's not played Champions League football really and not not tested at that level is it, it seems ludicrous to me. I just think that you know he's he's obviously he's young and he's scoring a lot of goals, but then. He's not scoring against the big teams, and that would be a worry for you. If I was Conte, I think that'd be a worry, in that he's not doing it on that level. Um, I guess. I guess one argument I would I would put towards that is you look around Europe at the moment, and Conte clearly feels he needs. Obviously, Vashwai started against Spurs and had a mixed afternoon. You were there, Kev, for that game. I think yeah. fair to say it was, it had a mixed afternoon. So he, he knows, yeah. and given Costa's worrying kind of decline, second half of the season. He knows he needs an upgrade. Now, you look around Europe. Are there any, in your mind, viable targets? And I'm, I, I'm thinking now that a player like Kylian Mbappe, who mm. Chelsea like, Arsenal like, everyone in the world likes. Yeah. I can't see, I can't see how he won't end up at a Real Madrid or, or similar. Yeah. I just worry. And you look at Lukaku. He's contributed to the most goals in the Premier League. I don't necessarily think he's definitely the answer and the most polished option, option Chelsea could get. But I also think to myself, who would the alternative be? 
Yeah, I think you're right. I just it's just that price tag. <laughs> seems it just seems ridiculous yeah. to me. I've got to say. I mean, you know, it's it's been no secret that it looks like Morata's quite a keen deal. I think that that would be a good one for Chelsea. Um, not the most prolific. Though. No, not the most prolific, and not the most regularly used either, which is also a worry. Um, you do you have to wonder, don't you? I mean, I I don't. I think Lukaku would be a very good signing. I think he would be a good signing, but for £100 million, pounds, he's not a world-class striker yet. Does that... Does, does the TV deal and its impact on the transfer market almost skew the whole concept of a price tag? Like, yeah. Paul Pogba, £90 million. He's not worth £90 million. That, that, You know, that, that's no secret. It's... I mean, and it's only going to get worse as well. I mean, none, none of them are worth any of this money. Well, so yeah. that, that, when, you, when you break yeah. it down yeah. to but, that kind of level. But, but, but that's, that's the point. I mean, if you're asking, was he worth it on the market of what people are paying right now? Then yeah, I think he is. I think Lukaku is, and I think the Pogba was. Because you have Arsenal paying £35 million for a granite shaka. You know, Chelsea got N'Golo Kante for 30 odd million when he'd played one Premier League season. He's a very, very good player. And he's done a brilliant job, but he was untested. Yeah, batch why thirty odd million as well. Yeah, there you go. Like, it's n- none of them are worth this money. But if you are dealing within this market, in which that's the premium, then yeah, I think <laughs> I don't think Chelsea are allowed to complain about it because they're the ones who created it. Yeah, to be honest with you, that's the honest to god truth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's an element of that. I mean, they were one of the big first big money spending uh, clubs to come through. But then, you know, there are there's going to be a lot more, and I, you know, you can see AC Milan flexing their yeah. financial muscle this, well, this, yeah, uh, and, this summer and as well. Chelsea aren't competing just with the Premier League; they're competing no. with the Milan clubs. They're competing with PSG, Real Madrid, Barcelona. These, this is the level that they want to be on. They have to look beyond just their immediate surroundings and kind of compare themselves globally. And a few years down the line, if this Chinese Super League takes off like they wanted to, that's going to be another thing to worry about. So, yeah, I mean, in today's market, I think 100 million for Lukaku could happen. We'll play, we'll play a quick game. Go okay. On. Ready? Go on. Yeah. Name the striker that you would sign if you were Antonio Conte this summer. From viable options. I said, I said a quick game. Oh, right, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, Lukaku, but for, for the right price. What's the right price, though? Between, I'd say between 60 and 70, maybe. <laughs> but then I could, you know, if he's going to end up as the as the Premier League's top goal scorer, then I think he is worth that amount of money. And he has yeah. been scoring goals on a regular basis. And I'm not take you can't take that away from him. But the issue is to be a hundred million pound striker, you need to be doing it against the big clubs the as well level. at the highest level. And you could yeah. say maybe you know he's not playing for one of the big clubs, so it might make it a little bit more difficult for him. But if you look at like Eden Hazard, what he does against the bigger clubs, the performances he puts in. Sometimes he doesn't put in the best performances against the lesser clubs, if you like. Yeah. But when it comes to the big games and the big occasions, he's the one who steps up, and that's what you need. And that's the one worry with Lukaku at the moment, is that he is a flat-track bully, and you can't pay £100 million for it, surely. No, it's... Look, the, the market's ridiculous. Who would, you, who would you buy? Who would I... 
Uh, it's not the quickest game this ever. No, is it? it's it's not because you get a buzzer if you get timeout. There, there's, <laughs> there's no easy. There's no easy option. It's interesting that Conte doesn't even seem to be considering a move for Dybala from Juventus. Signed a new deal, of course. Mm. Yeah, but at Juve. The, well, but but even before that. Yeah. And he's someone who would have a lot of connections at that club. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that that was never even kind of skirted. Bellotti's another name has been mooted. Mm. Which I'll be honest, I haven't seen enough of him to to make a comment. Um, but you know, people on Twitter seem to think he's great. <laughs> Has been in good form, to be fair. But um, but would be a bit of a gamble. Again, this is yeah, what I mean. I, mean I, I do think you, you look. But, but ra- that's the thing. Everyone's a gamble until yep. they're world class, and once they become the world class, they're irreplaceable, and the teams don't want to sell them. If you really, really want to get a top class striker right now, you go for Harry Kane. That would cause that would cause a ripple with our yeah. with our friend Alex. Chelsea to get Harry Kane. Yeah, I like. I don't think it's going to happen, but. He's the best striker in the Premier League at the moment. Yeah. Not named Diego Costa when he's on form, but yeah. he's not on form and seems to have no interest in staying at Chelsea. Yeah. Just, just on. Who, who would you sign? Who would I sign? I, th- I thought I was going to get. Out. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, and I know that you're not the biggest fan of him, but I think if any Premier League team sign Alexandre Lacazette from Lyon this summer. I think they'll be getting a very, very good player who has, okay, has only been scoring goals in the in the French league. Yeah. But I think he has got all the raw ingredients you need in a frontman. For me, Bellotti, from what I have seen of him, looks like the kind of striker that wants a ball into feet quite a lot. Doesn't necessarily have that pace that I think you need, particularly in Chelsea's system. Although you could argue that you know the players kind of work around Diego Costa to help with to help with that. I think Lacazette would be brilliant. I think he would score a lot of goals in that Chelsea team because I think he's got pace. I think he's good in the air, strong, good finisher. All, um, all I, in all, I, I, I don't know his statistics, but I would imagine that he needs about fifty shots for every goal he actually gets. <laughs> he's very wasteful. <laughs> From what I've seen of him, he is very very wasteful. Doesn't seem to have good accuracy can't seem to place the ball where he wants it just kind of just whacks at it and hopes so I a goal against Roma that he scored in the Europa League that, that's one that springs to mind which, which was a whack but it he, flew in the top corner yeah but he, yeah, you know you get lucky but maybe maybe Kante can sit down and I really, properly coach him and I really tell like him, him. And to, I think, to, to look where he's shooting I think Mbappe's success for Monaco kind of means that Lacazette been put in the shade a little bit but he would be my pick just quickly on the defence as well obviously shackled Lukaku and, and you know kind of completely nullified him um, lots of kind of praise for Gary Cahill after another crucial goal scored against scored the winner at Stoke got the goal against Southampton am I right in thinking he's the fourth top scorer in the Chelsea team at the moment uh, seven yeah. goals this year doesn't he yes he does I think yeah. only Pedro Hazard and Costa have more yeah. goals than him which is Phenomenal, and for all the kind of there's still this kind of amazing divide amongst Chelsea fans. The, the Southampton game was a case in point. There were a lot of fans that were really praising him, grabbing yet another crucial goal, and others that felt he was at fault for. I think Romeo's goal certainly for mm. Southampton. Um, what do you th- What do you think? I think he's uh, I sort of said it before. I think he's essential to the side, really, and I can't see him being being dropped. I think that. You know, I wrote about this after the Southampton game that he 
he's got that ability that John Terry had to, to get those goals. And you look at how crucial he was, like attacking attacking the ball in the box. I know at the weekend it was a bit of a scrappy goal. You know, it wasn't wasn't the finest, but again, it was a crucial goal. And he is he is just doing it. I mean, that one against Stoke was was fantastic. And yeah, the Southampton one was a big big moment in the game. They were not looking particularly good. Um, you know they needed a spark before the break, and he was there to to provide it. And again, to get the second goal, Everton really settled the game down, settled them down. And yeah, right place, right time. Yeah, absolutely. He's got. He seems to have that knack, an incredible knack as a defender to know where to be, to to grab a goal. And I, I think that I don't know his defensive ability. Sometimes his defensive capabilities they do come into question. I've got to say. Um, well, that's what I was going to say. I think if I think in fact I think if all three of us named the centre-back that you would consider kind of most dispensable or well I think certainly Chelsea fans would consider most dispensable you'd say Cahill and Mm. that is being probably you know very harsh but also maybe a little bit realistic because he has Conte has looked at defenders yeah he's a bit it's a bit difficult for him playing in that role as well because he's playing left as a you know he's not a natural left footer so he's not. He's, he finds it more difficult than Aspilicueta to be able to come out and bring the ball into the midfield and to play those balls through. He's not as naturally gifted on the ball as a David Luiz, as even Aspilicueta is as well. Um, so he, you know his mistakes do get flagged up more than others, and I think people are harshly critical about him. Um, I think he's he's more an old school type defender. You know he's a more see it, kick it, sort of make sure you get it clear as much as you can. I think the one thing they just need to make sure they do is, is leadership at the back. And I think that that's where those clean, a lot of those clean sheets that they lost in, in over the last few weeks had come from a lack of leadership and lack of sort of togetherness when it came to other set pieces or just balls in the air. And, and that was one thing that was probably a bit uh, disappointing. So that's just, yeah, the one, the one thing they need to make sure going forward. Just a word on Azpilicueta, Kev. Um, lots of praise for him yesterday. Love him. It, is, is he the best pound-for-pound signing in, I'm not going to say Premier League history, but certainly recently? Like, I can't think of... for the pri- we, We've just spoken about price tags and how exorbitant they are nowadays. Six million quid. Like, an absolute steal. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure if he's the best pound-for-pound, but he's certainly the, the player who I think is performed at a top top level for a few seasons consistently yeah who's not got any credit for it mm. apart he, from apart from a lot of the Chelsea fans it has to be said yes yeah. apart from those that watch it regularly yeah. you know anyone but, outside but, the Premier but, League but just, just outside of because mm. those kind of players are always going to get noticed by their own clubs yeah. and their own fans are always Chelsea fans are smart enough to, to understand what he does and appreciate him and he's played so many different roles for Chelsea mm. over the years they've had a chance to see him in so many different positions He's played across that the entire of of the defence in his time at Stamford Bridge, but outside of West London, people don't really seem to to appreciate him. And if you bring him up, people will go, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he's quite good, isn't he?" But they never think of him. Mm. And you see it in in the the PFA Team of the Year. Every year he gets overlooked, and it's not even a discussion that ever really happens. There's no kind of Oh, as Pulaqueta missed out, everyone just goes, "Oh, that's the team of the year. Great, cool." Nobody ever really seems to kick up a fuss about the fact that he's missed out, even though he's been brilliant since he signed, mm. however many years ago, and he's gone through. There are very few games. I mean, possibly mm. Spurs away. 
maybe at fault for the the Deli Alley goals. Well, yeah, but I mean they they found a tactic to you know yeah. he's not he's not a tall guy, so no. any crosses in between him and Moses were always going to be you know sort of bread and butter for Spurs to, to do latch onto, and it worked really well. But you know he's he's been consistently the best player over the over the well you know best defender probably every week. So it's uh, it's a real shame that he doesn't get the credit that he does deserve because he's, I, I, he's I just not a blockbuster player, which is why yeah. people don't talk we, about him as we, much. We were saying that Cahill gets kind of harshly treated even though he scores all these goals. I think the reason that Espilicueta doesn't get the credit he deserves because he doesn't score. Mm. He is solid, very solid at the back. He does what he needs to do. He does exactly what Cahill gets criticised for not doing. And... He's what I like to describe as a black boot footballer. A black boot. Black boot footballer, as in doesn't no, no, doesn't, doesn't wear the coloured boot. No, no frills. Just turn, turns up for for a game. Does his job. Comes off the pitch. No limelight. None of that. Just he's always smiling as well. Yeah. <laughs> he just looks like he's enjoying himself. Yeah. He's got a great smile. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, I'm a big, How observant I am you? a big fan of his Pulogaita. I think he's a great player yeah. and he seems like a properly decent guy as well. Mm. Just very quickly to round things off, um, just a word on the Youth Cup game. You were mm. there last week. Um, Jody Morris has got a real talented group on his hands there, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, we say, it seems to see, say that every year about the Chelsea Academy. They, they are... They're, Leaps and bounds above every academy in the in the country at the moment. They've dominated the competition. That age group have scored over a hundred goals this season. Um, you know, there was only one beat City the way they did. It, yeah, I mean, I, I was there for the first leg, and it was a very tight affair. And, and City should have done better. They probably should have scored a few more times. Um, but the second leg was just completely different, and it was it was a completely dominating performance. And it wasn't just the sort of way they won. It was it was it was the skill involved as well, and some of the goals were just special. I mean, the, the Trevor Chalobah header was a very good one for the first one. Then Ikebo doing the overhead kick for a second goal yeah. was just incredible. You just you know it was one of those things. Conte was asked in his press conference um, before the weekend about about the youth cup and 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 the, and the guys, and he did say it was you know four or five that really impressed him. So you know we'll see what happens. He seems to be a, a manager that may. Bring the guys through, you know. Chalaber on the bench has, a lot this season. Lost the Sheik has been part of it. He brought Ake back. He's had Ayana playing as well. So you never know. And the, the likes of Tammy Abraham next season, we'd like to see that. But there is there's a, a real t- group of talented players there. But you just want us to see them go go through and, and see what happens. Not even had a chance to come on to Tammy as a possible option for the striker. Well, next week, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all forget about Tammy, but. Goals he's scoring is just unbelievable for his age at that Absolutely. level. And obviously, it would be the conclusion of Bristol City's um, season this weekend, so uh, Tammy will be starting to think about his, his mm. next move for next season. But sadly, that's all we've got time for as we approach the 35 minute mark. So, thank you for uh, joining us for another episode of the Blues of Colour podcast. Um, be sure to, uh, to give us a, a follow on Twitter at, at Chelsea underscore FL. Um, and we're on Facebook too chelseafootball.london if you search for that and uh, yeah enjoy the rest of your day and uh, speak again next week thank you and goodbye